Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. So, Len, what's the topic for today's podcast? Well, Dean, we've been discussing CRA modernization and the 2022 CRA NPR in recent podcasts. I think our audience would find it interesting to delve into Congresswoman Maxine Waters' proposed amendment to the CRA statute. I'm referring to House Resolution 8833. Maxine Waters is the chair of the House Financial Services Committee, so she has quite a bit of say on banking regulations. Well, I am up in the mountains today at my uh, my little cabin uh, to, 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 to record this podcast, but uh, and it is chilly, but anytime you mention the word Maxine Waters, it sends chills <laughs> down my spine. So uh, this sounds like a real interesting topic, but aren't we, uh, aren't we uh, waiting uh, for regulatory agencies to announce the final rule uh, for CRA? Uh, isn't Maxine kind of jumping the gun? Or as I always say, Len, and you hear me say this often, is she a little too far over her skis? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, Dean, you've hit on what makes H.R. 8833 so interesting. In a strange way, it may have the effect of delaying the final 2022 CRA rule. But Ms. Waters is a strong advocate of CRA reform, and she has been a champion of the proposed rule for the most part. So her proposal may have an adverse effect on the CRA NPR. So why would Ms. Waters introduce new legislation to amend the CRA statutes while major changes in CRA regulations are still pending. And I may have the answer to that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to leave it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she hasn't announced why she's done it, but my gut is that Maxine can read the tea leaves and recognizes that the November elections may change the control of Congress to the Republican Party. So this may be her last hurrah as the chair of the Financial Services Committee. Oh, God bless. I, I shouldn't say that. So I, I guess what's inside Maxine's proposed amendment? We should probably unpack that with respect to CRA as opposed to me attacking her political views or her uh, inability to get things done. So let's move. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's focus on what the proposed legislation that she's putting forward, which would amend the CRA statute. This is not a change in the regulations. It's a change in the law that she's proposing, which, of course, will have a ripple effect because it will have to be reflected in regulations if it is eventually adopted as an amendment to the original Community Reinvestment Act itself. So while it's it's a relatively short proposal, it's only 21 pages long, that's compared to the 679 pages that were in the proposed uh, uh, rule, the impact nonetheless is going to be very, very big if it should pass. First, the amendment would make banks of all sizes form a, quote, community advisory committee. The community would advisory committee would consist of, quote, diverse segments of the community, not only based on race and ethnicity, but on sex and sexual orientation with an explicit reference to the LGBTQ plus community. These committees, which are called community advisory committees, will have a potential big impact on banks 
Nevertheless, because the proposed amendment calls for mandatory quarterly meetings, which would be include executive management of the banks, the pr- purpose of the meetings would be to, quote, discuss the financial institution's current work to meet the credit and deposit needs of LMI individuals, underserved community per, per, communities, persons with disabilities, LGBTQ plus communities, and various racial and ethnic groups. You would think that would be enough, but Congresswoman Waters adds another requirement in addition to the quarterly meetings with bank executives. The proposed legislation would also mandate executives of a financial institution must meet with the Community Advisory Committee before the institution applies for a merger or acquisition or before it applies for a new branch or to close a branch. Talk about letting the fox into the chicken coop. Oh, that's dynamite, Len. Is there is there more to the proposed bill? Well, Congresswoman Waters doesn't stop there, unfortunately. Her bill also calls for broadening what qualifies as illegal or discriminatory activity to include any activity, not just credit activity, which is what the present situation is, that violates federal or state law. This includes any activity that harms uh, residents uh, of low and moderate income neighborhoods by displacing them. Wow. I mean, just think about that. Think about the potential for redlining accusations for any project that bank finances in low or moderate income communities because it might displace the low and moderate income residents in those neighborhoods. Mm. And yet, Dean, there's still more. The bill would change the definition of small business to correspond to the definition in Section 3 of the Small Business Act, but would limit such qualifications to the gross annual revenue of $5 million or less. It, it, it does retain the definition of small farm loans to a loan of a half a million dollars or less. So, but the definition of small business would change from the present definition and from the proposed definition in the 2022 CRA NPR itself. Now, aside from the foregoing, the proposed bill would impose additional reporting requirements on large banks as defined by the regulatory agencies. So there's a lot of big changes in this thing if it should happen. Every banker should be watching this cautiously. So, Len, do you, do you think the chances, well, maybe I should say, what do you think the chances will be that this that this will pass? I mean, we've got, I mean, holy smokes, between this and then you got the 1071, you got these other things coming at us. It's like, holy Moses, uh, if they all pass at the same time, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're going to be a little busy. I oh thought my, my hair gosh. was gray now, but I do want to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Point well taken, Dean. Uh, the, the, the NPR itself is, is just, as I've said, it's beyond complicated, it's convoluted. And now add this to the formula, and it's, it's a, the devil's brew. Uh, but, but whether this legislation will pass or not is really going to be determined by who controls the House after the November elections. If the Democrats continue to hold the House, Congress, Congresswoman Waters, as chair of the Financial Services Committee, may very well have her way. On the other hand, if the Republicans win control of the House, the proposed bill likely will be dead. So do you really think this may affect the the proposed 2022 uh, CRA NPR that's currently under consideration by the regulators? Oh, boy, that's definitely a possibility, which makes Maxine's proposal all the more puzzling. For sure, it won't expedite approval of the proposed rule. It may very well delay the decision. It could even 
induce the regulators to reopen and extend the comment period on the CRA NPR, or it could prompt the agencies to rescind the NPR with the likelihood of a new proposed rule next year. Uh, I've always said, be careful what you wish for. You know, <laughs> on one side, you, you say, you know, maybe it would be good if they rescind the, you know, the NPR that was out there and, and replace it with something else. But this doesn't sound too good either, especially coming from, uh, uh, from Ms. Waters. So, so Len, is there anything a banker can do? I mean, we've talked about obviously the, the comments for uh, the NPR. So is there anything they can do about this? Yeah, well, it's all driven by the politics in Washington, D.C., which means bankers should be contacting their congressmen or congresswomen and explain the devastating impact of this proposed legislation should it be approved as proposed. It's not too late to stop this legislation if bankers take the initiative and organize political opposition to the bill. Yeah, this is very troubling legislation. I would like to second your suggestion that bankers uh, organized to oppose this bill. Yes, and, and it's not too late yet. So don't wait to contact your congressional representative. Do so right away. Organize the opposition, and let's head the posse off at the pass. Yeah, that sounds great. And I know we've uh, uh, we've we've talked about that often and become advocates and and voices uh, within the walls of Congress because. Uh, you know, we, 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 we can't just uh, accept this, uh, this stuff coming at us without pushing back and, and, uh, and at least uh, bringing, I, I would say, the Congress folks in Washington up to speed on what this all means to the general public. Uh, so to recap the big problems in the proposed bill first, uh, every bank in the country would be required to form a community advisory committee, uh, which bank executives will be compelled to meet with quarterly in any time the bank is acquiring or merging with another bank and any time a bank wants to open or close a branch. So there's one. Second, the bill adopts a very broad definition of illegal discrimination activity that will include any such activity, not just credit activity, as presently is the case. And I and again, I, I think this is, again, a common thread. Not only did you know we have a law on the books called Equal Credit Opportunity Act that deals specifically, as well as Fair Housing, which deals specifically with discrimination, but now they've taken UDAP and they're applying that standard as well, the unfairness standard under discrimination as well. So now you got those things, and then you got these things, and then third, the bill would require the collection of additional information pertaining to the race, ethnicity, sex, and sexual orientation of a business of the principles. So getting into like BSA, where we have to, you know, identify beneficial owners of true entity customers. And then fourth, the bill would change the definition of small business. So holy smokes. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that pretty much sums it up, Dean. That's the right yeah. response. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hold yeah, on to your horses. Way. Yeah, hold on to your horses is right. I keep them in, certainly going to keep them in the cage today. But, uh, but oh, this has been wonderful, Len. And you know, while you know, I, I bitch and moan often. I, I should say uh, about politics and the things that are coming at us. This is all extremely important, and 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 I'm very very glad that you uh, raised this today uh, in our podcast. This is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting saying, we hope you found today's discussion informative and interesting. And this is Len Suzio of GeoDataVision saying, thank you for listening to today's podcast. And please let us know of any topics you would like to hear in future broadcasts. 
Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geo Data Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.